coming right at you today with D12. Kind of off the wall pick. I was looking for like something hip hop, something less, a little shorter of an episode probably. Uh, this group's only got two albums. You know, obviously uh, Eminem, big name out of this group. And I like Eminem's work, so I thought maybe we'd give it a go. I do a few tracks. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's a mixed bag between the two projects. I'll say that much. Yeah, I'm just going to say right now, if you're going to skip one episode after you skip Prey, this is probably one that you would put in consideration of skipping. Do you think they're that bad? Dude, I think outside of Eminem, like, there's very little to salvage from the other guys on the mic. Like, they're just so average at best. Well, let's talk about it then, because I, I think there's there's tiers. There's three tiers in my mind. So this group is uh, D12, uh, short for the Dirty Dozen, although there are only six members. Uh, let's start with the worst, and I don't think there's going to be a disagreement here. Bizarre is brutal. Dude, Bizarre is the worst artist we've talked about on the podcast, <laughs> yeah. and it's, it is, it's not even close. There's He's, not even I can't even think of who would be second because that's how far the gap is. He's terrible. He's really, really Every, bad. Dude, there's there's a couple songs where, like, some of the other guys, like, Kanila and Karn- Con Artists and Swifty will have, like, good verses. And Eminem, you know, usually has a good verse. And they'll go to Bizarre, and he raps at, like, this super slow cadence. A couple words, each line. And it's all fucking stupid. Yeah, it, it feels to me like his job in this group is to just say the most vulgar, like, off-the-wall shit like that he could think of to try to make the other guys laugh yeah but it's and it's not even like he can't even do that in a, a good yeah there's no flow to it yes. there's no like like rhyme or reason to some of his lyrics it's almost 100 percent brutal listening yeah i actually think i think i could write a bizarre <laughs> verse and if i gave you three verses and i mixed the one i wrote in there you yeah. wouldn't be able to pick it apart that's how dumb it is <laughs> It is. It, it, it's brutal. Um, I would say in the next tier, you have Caniva, Con Artist, Proof. Uh, I think all of those guys are okay. They have good moments. They have bad moments. Um, it kind of depends on the track. Overall, I say, I'll say for this group, kind of in a similar vein as Eminem, I think they're better when they're doing like the hard, like, get fucked kind of stuff, um, as opposed to like the, the comedy bits. Yeah, the, the comedy stuff doesn't really do it for me. I, I would say of those three, Proof is definitely the worst. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm not a big fan of Proof either. Um, and then, like I said, Con Artist, Can I, have, I think they both have good moments, and they both have moments where I'm just lap feeling flat. Yeah. Uh, but then in the next category, I'll put Swift and Eminem. Obviously, Eminem, I don't think there's much to say there. Eminem's a, a legend of hip-hop. I think Swifty McVeigh, honestly – gets a little old, like maybe not what's the word i'm looking for like like the shadow of the group itself is is like casting itself over him he's really fucking good on a lot of songs and it feels like he opens the track a lot of times especially on those hard hitters um and it feels like he just sets a great tone most of the time and i think it's a, it's a good like foil for some of these other guys too he's got a little bit more of a high-pitched voice slightly more high-pitched but he's still got that anger and rawness to him I just I really like the verses he gets on most of the time. Yeah, maybe I'll change my opinion once we go through this. But for now, I would still put it like Eminem one, you know, tier one and then the next three guys and then proof in his own like crappy tier and then bizarre and like just abysmal like. Yeah, rip out your eardrums. (laughs) tier. It's so bad. Um. A little bit of background about this band. These guys started up in the 90s. So they got together in the 90s. Obviously, Eminem's coming up, you know, putting out his first couple of projects. Um, starts up Shady Records at some point. Starts signing all these guys. Um, he's got a few other guys like Obi Trice, Trick Trick that he signed to that aren't necessarily in the group but make spot appearances. Um, they got this other guy named Bugs before Con Artist was part of the group. Bugs gets shot in... I don't want to call it gang violence. I don't think that's necessarily the right word, but let's call it uh, like a beef, something like that. He gets shot and killed and basically like on his deathbed is says to the guys like, hey, get con artists as part of the group. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is crazy, but is what it is. Um, that'll come back later. We'll, we'll touch on that a little bit later. But um, yeah, so we, we already listed off the six guys here. Um, so then they get together. I'm. I think their first track might be on Eminem's Marshall Mathers LP one. 
Under the Influence. Well, that came out in 2000, so that would make sense. Yeah, that came out in 2000, and I think that's their – well, let me, let me backtrack, too. They had an EP as well. Um, couldn't find it on streaming. Yeah, same. Um, so then I, I guess the first track, to my knowledge, would be Under the Influence on Marshall Mathers LP1. Yeah, so – yeah, okay. Yeah, that's a good song. Again, more, more of the comedy aspect than kind of the hard hitters. Um, just a song about getting really, really high and doing stupid stuff. I don't know. It's just a song that exists on the the album. Yeah. Before we get into the song by song, I did want to say I was totally caught off guard. The first album, Devil's Night, sold 4 million albums worldwide and 2 million in the U.S. Yeah, like, they had a bit of success. I think um, D12 World hit number one on the billboards at one point. Yeah, I just that was so crazy to me because like, the album is so like just – mid in my opinion at best like sure and i was just looking at some of the other albums that came out rap albums that came out in 2001 like you had jay-z's the blueprint uh missy elliott had an album de la soul had an album busta rhymes they classified gorillas as rock uh nas had stillmatic like dmx had a the great depression like there's a lot of decent albums the fact that this album was able to sell millions of copies just flabbergasted me yeah, and it's something that they'll talk about throughout these both of these albums, but I think Eminem's commercial rise, uh, late 90s, early 2000s, certainly plays a factor in that as well, you know. Uh, not not a factor, is a driving factor in that. Yeah. Um, you know, at this point, I think he's got two projects out, Slim Shady LP and Marshall Mathers LP1. Yeah. Um, and, you know, people are just kind of chomping at the bit to get whatever they can, so... It makes sense that Devil's Night would get that acclaim. I can't say the same about D12 World, except that, much like Devil's Night, there are a f- there's a few tracks that I really like. So, um, I think that's all I got before we get right into it, huh? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, Devil's Night 2001 opens up with a skit, another public service announcement. Um, it sounds like this is bizarre. He kind of like take o- takes over a PA, basically tells the listener like hey we're just gonna say wild shit all these like slurs and cuss words and this and that and if you're offended with any of that fuck off yeah um which re- leads right into shit can happen um not a good open i don't i i'll hold my thought right now but it this kind of got this like weird gangster rap beat to it mid-tempo um whining high tune synth um this hook here is just awful. It's not catchy at all. They're like twisting their voices and doing this weird like comedy bit again. Um, songwriting is is nothing special. It's very blah. Um, but in the same vein as another public service announcement, they do make the point of of exactly what they're going to do. It just they're trying to offend people, um, and this song is surely that. Yeah, I thought this was average out of their stuff. A couple lines I liked. Uh, con artists in the first verse said, you think for one second we got a deal that we won't deal with you in front of St. Andrews still? Which I thought yep. that was like a cool little nod to yeah. everyone from D- you know Detroit or the local Detroit area knows St. Andrews like this super small, cool venue. Uh, and then let's see, Swifty had a line. I'm so wicked that my mama gave birth illegally. I survived the abortion immediately. Surprise. Which was <laughs> stupid, but made me laugh. Yeah. And then uh, I, I did think Eminem had a good verse on this one. Obviously, you know, Eminem is Eminem, but still pointed out, I think he had a, yeah, yeah. a good verse on this one. It's funny you bring up uh, St. Andrews. They'll touch on it again throughout both of these albums as well. But another song they did, they got uh, a couple tracks on Curtain Call, uh, another Eminem album. And one of the tracks off that is uh, One Shot, Two Shot. Do you happen to listen to that? I'm sure I've heard it before, but not recently. Yeah. Uh, that whole track is kind of, I don't know if it's, I'm pretty sure it's a fictional story about basically like a shootout that that takes place at St. Andrews Hall. And uh, it's kind of this comedy bit where like like Bizarre leaves his wife shot laying in the hall, just like runs away. Uh, Caniva like runs into this woman, like asks him for help. And he's like, hey, I'll be right back. And then he just dips. Um, That was weird. Did we just lose power? No, no, I think it was just the ring light. Stay tuned. Hit hit the uh, power on the. That was weird. <sighs> Bugs, if you're listening, fuck off. <laughs> um. And proof. Yeah. 
Um, but no, that, that's a cool track. It's got, it got a catch hook to it too. Eminem's like one shot, two shot, three shot, four shot. All I hear is gunshot. Anyways, uh, good track there, but yeah, they, they bring up St. Andrews a lot and it's just funny. It's this cool, like kind of, I don't want to call it underground venue. The it, it's this old church. They, they remodeled into a, uh, concert hall, but then they got it downstairs too, which is its own concert venue. Um, I forget what they call that the basement or something. Um, it'll come to me seller the yeah something like that yeah but then those are like underground artists to go to perform there that room can't fit more than maybe like 150 people um it literally is like a basement (laughs) um but yeah i think they used to perform at st andrews a lot which is cool uh you know eminem and local detroit artists whatnot um so it's cool to just have that references you know splattered in throughout Next one. This is the one that should have opened the album instead of shit can happen. It's pistol pistol. Um, This is just this is exactly what I was talking about. Hard hitting songs from them. Good hook. Good at like really like tense, angry energy to it. Um, Just a a great anthem for them. Mid-level like energy rapping, but it's got like that thick edge to it. Um, I could even see this one like you flip this one out at the gym and just kind of grind it out, too. You know, Um, I think this is a really good one off this album. Okay, yeah, th- for me, this one's just all right. I don't know, kind of, I-, I get your point. It is a little bit harder. I f- it's still kind of stupid where you're just like, let me get my pistol, pistol. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. And then I had, uh, I-, I put a bunch of bizarre verses in here because oh, I never we go. <laughs> fail to amaze me how stupid they are. <laughs> Let's see, what do I want to read from this one? I'll make a Muslim dye his hair blonde. I'll make a redneck, it'll make a redneck start to read the Holy Cor- Quran. Yeah, just he's got all these stupid, stupid lines. But speaking of bizarre, the next track is titled "Bizarre." Um, another stupid. skit. Yeah, this is a dumb skit, a comedy bit here. It's a little no. bit like Bizarre is trying to hook up with this chick, and all of a sudden he just rips a fart. Um, so stupid. It's dumb. Leads into the next song, which is equally dumb, but a little catchy. Nasty mind. Nope. Not even. Not a little even bit. a little. This is easily going to be on the worst of songs for the year it's terrible <laughs> kind of catchy in my mind but that's more the hook than it is the song well, i would say okay so i would say the beat on this song is good the lyrics and everything else is trash yeah i hear that bizarre really drops a truly awful verse here um slow kind of bumpy beat borderline comedy track here uh just song about having sex you know getting freaky with chicks uh, all the verses are graphic and, and vulgar um you know nice little low-key keyboard riff here um yeah not one of my favorites but catchy yeah this is it's also stupid i the only the only line i liked from this song was con artist con artist said i don't gotta cheat in hotel or sorry i'm butchering my reading today i don't gotta creep in hotels i cheat at my house see i'm a dog i don't need to keep it secret hideout so i thought <laughs> that was kind of funny yeah that's clever everything else was the yeah uh all right how about this one next track ain't nothing but music kind of catchy this is a lot more catchy i think than the last one yeah the beat to me on this one kind of sounds like like a retro arcade game yeah it's got that little sound to it not so much like the like the laser sounds it is as it is more like pac-man sounds you know um plus i think eminem's like hook here nah 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 you know that character he does where he like kind of like uh grinds up his voice a little bit yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um Another bit kind of funny, more, uh, you know, feel good here, kind of. Um, but, again, really cool beat, buzzy, bumpy synth. Um, classic Eminem on the track here. Um, not a big fan of the con artist uh, verse. Just didn't flow well. Didn't The writing wasn't great. Um, other than that, though, I kind of like this track. Yeah, there, there's a lot of disses on this one. Eminem was dissing Britney Spears, Ben Affleck, ben Affleck Everlast. Um, there's some disses to NSYNC on here. Uh, most of the guys had pretty subpar verses. Even Eminem's was subpar for him, but for his standards. But the beat was cool. See, I think back uh, back then, M was just like name dropping people, to, uh, just to like fuck around most of the time. Everlast, Fred Durst, who we'll get to in this episode. <laughs> uh, a couple other people he had serious beats with. Uh, but like the Britney Spears of the world, like. There's there's no way like there was serious beef between Eminem and Britney Spears. That was just him being a like a dickhead. Well, I think I I guess I don't know a ton of like '90s or '80s rappers outside of like the most popular ones, but 
Eminem to me is like one of the first guys that was like, if you said anything bad about him, he would he put you in a song in like stranglehold. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and even to this day, like Eminem's known as like, if you come after him, you're the one that's going to lose. Yeah. <laughs> even like Christina Aguilera gets it a bunch throughout his catalog. And it's just like, is he really beefing with Christina Aguilera? No. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, I think I think for him it's just everything's personal. Even the picture, yeah. of the p- picture of him at the Lions game, giving the double bird to <laughs> that was all awesome. the Niners fans. Like that was awesome. He's just that kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All righty, next one, American Psycho. A uh, bit of a slower, kind of tenser feel here. Slow piano and drum. Uh, the writing's here is not good. Feels like word salad for the most part. Um, you know, I wouldn't come back to this one i do like the lyric about clockwork orange that was a clever little bit there i don't think i caught that one Uh, i'll pick it up but go ahead in the meantime i liked eminem's verse he he comes out with i'm like a walking talking ouija board speaking in tongues i've never spoke this speech before hem de la hey ini nichi me no and he keeps going on like that and it was kind of (laughs) funny yeah i think some of this stuff like even though it's stupid it's it's like if you can appreciate it as comedy like it is some of it is funny if that's not what you're here for then i guess you're fucked well, but some of it but then you get to like bizarre and his one of his lines is my son's 16 year olds with nowhere to stay i told him he wasn't mine slammed the door in his face like how is that funny that's just stupid <laughs> yeah again uh, talk about vulgarity and just just saying things to say things uh, i'm pulling it up here where is it for some reason uh apple didn't um apple didn't like list the lyrics on like any of the songs for some reason i oh, don't know it, why it does that if it's like not popular enough or if it's older uh, but i it, see it should have it if it's early 2000s hmm. well, i can't seem to find it here but anyways uh not a big deal move on from it all righty next one that's how um just a skit here uh it sounds like they're doing a live performance and like everything goes sideways it's a bit of a you know joke here uh-huh um next leads into that's how people um this beat goes kind of hard i don't know kind of like this one too the lyrics are so stupid yeah lyrics are stupid um you know the whole track is like uh fuck around and find out kind of thing um mid-tempo bass and full drums uh you know, it got this cool pace where, like, in the ver- in the first first verse, like, each guy will drop a line, and then they'll do the hook. Another guy will drop a line, do the hook. And, yeah, the hook is that's how whatever gets fucked up. Yeah, and yeah. They, yeah. S- they switch out the whatever. It's kind of a cool bit. You don't see that often. Um, c- <laughs> I don't know. Go ahead. It'd be cool if, if they were rapping about something different, I think. Yeah. I think this one go hard as fuck live, too. Like, imagine being at St. Andrews here and this one go on. People will be bumping true I, I don't know to me I didn't, I didn't do enough digging in these guys but don't they just kind of feel like frauds like with a lot of the stuff they're rapping about not that i mean i know that's a thing like with rap and and you know artists in general but don't these guys just come off as like extra frauds i mean i didn't take it that way like i i take it as like like think about eminem right like it feels like a lot of the tracks especially earlier in his career he like does a character almost like or like a caricature of somebody that he's trying to like make fun of and that's kind of how i took a lot of this where like they're exaggerating people that they that they are around that they interact with on a day-to-day you know um and so the times uh, like this song where some of the lyrics are so ridiculous that you're like this dude's a fraud i i more take it as almost like performative you know yeah i think i'm just being a grinch <laughs> i definitely had a point listening through this where i was like yo fuck this oh yeah so i get sure, it for i sure. get it I had that point, too. Really? <laughs> Next one, Purple Pills. Um, this one's I, – I like the beat here, too. Like, this twisted, funky horns mixed with heavy drums. Um, another comedy track here, just a song about, like, the guys getting fucked up and doing stupid stuff. Um, you know, it's creative. It's funny. Uh, the guys are playing off each other on the verses. It's a good track. Yeah, this is, like – for me, this is, like, the standout of the album. This is a really good track. Funny enough. This song kind of blew up, and they released Purple Hills as, like, a radio-friendly version, which is – it's so funny, like – Yeah, they had to do that back no, in 2001. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> you think of, like, today, like, they, nobody would ever do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
it is kind of wild though when you hear a track that's like so not radio friendly then you like you hear the song on the radio and they either blur out the words that they can't play on the radio or they've completely like uh like remade the song that's always like just don't play it (laughs) (laughs) yeah but no the the beat slaps on this the hook slaps on this and eminem's verse or eminem's part in the hook he's like i take a couple uppers i down a couple downers uh really catchy eminem's got a good verse conniva and con artists both have a couple decent bars proof's got a few good lines you know good for him <laughs> and then bizarre had an all-time bad verse on yeah, like what is otherwise bad. like a really good song yeah he literally raps four to five words per line and then like pauses where i have it here he's like i'm at a rave looking like a slave high off chronic gin and tonic demonic body smell like vomit and that's like how he raps it it's so bad yeah it's uh you're not too far off the pit there man it's He's just the worst of the group. Yeah, I don't. He's just the he's the worst he's artist the worst. we've ever covered on this podcast, and probably ever will. He's terrible. Yeah, it's it's up there. Yeah. Um. All righty. Next one. Fight music. Uh, it's another one where they go really, really hard, and I love this beat. They bring in a guitarist, and he's just like chunking out a couple of uh, uh, hits. Dunna, dunna. You know that that beat rocks. Um, angry Eminem on the hook here. Tensions high throughout. All the guys really bringing the energy, bringing the heat on the mic. Um, not a fan of Caniva's bit. Not a fan of Bizarre's bit here. The rest of it's pretty good. Yeah, I'd say Eminem does wonders on the hook. It's like a classic Eminem, like get you amped up. Yeah, hook. yeah. Like, he, and he's really good at doing that, especially later in his career. Yeah. I would say. Uh, funny story about this song. In, like, the music video or, like, album artwork or whatever for the single or whatever, it looks like Eminem had, like, a cast on his arm. I guess they got invited to play the 2001 Warp Tour, and they got in a fight with another Detroit-based rap group, uh, Natas or Natas, N-A-T-A-S, never heard of them. Okay, yeah, same. But anyway, they both ended up getting banned from playing the Warp Tour ever again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If you get banned from playing Warp Tour, that should be an auto-invite back to Warp Tour. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. <laughs> oh, awesome. That would be something. Fred Durst would definitely get banned from Warp Tour. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to get into it. I actually, I forgot at the beginning, but I want to introduce a new segment next week that's just like shithead rocker story of the week. I'll come up with a better name for it. Uh, but we will be inundated with Fred Durst for the next month in that segment. Yeah, I like it. But yeah, this song, one of the standouts, Eminem's really good. Everyone else is all right. Bizarre's terrible, but still a good song. The next song is Instigator, which is about being being hard and being an instigator. Yeah, this beat's weird. It's got this jangly low guitar and, like, shuffly percussion. Um, another kind of similar to the last track, heavy, angry track, but I don't know. It just doesn't hit quite as hard as the last one. I think it falls flat for the most part. Yeah, it definitely falls flat. Con, Con Artist has a line where it says, Got no reason to tell you the truth, but to be honest with you, I rap with him, but I don't like proof. Which is like <laughs> what? That one, that was kind of funny. I think it was a joke, but yeah, it was still yeah, yeah. Well, I I think that bit, that bit will come back. Not about proof necessarily, but about like internal band strife in a much better way later on. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But anyways, this one's just a meh for me. Next one, pimp like me. Um. Opens right up with Swift on the mic, man, and he's killing this verse. I mean. Cool beat, kind of this mid-tune, plucky guitar um, over drums. Eminem back on the hook. Um, Kaniva's got a sick up-tempo verse here. Um, You know, there's good stuff here. The songwriting is a tough read, but uh, it's, I don't know, there's some good stuff here. I think they they did a good job for what they were giving themselves. Yeah, funny. For me, this this is going to be on the worst of 2024 list as well. (laughs) Oh, just a, a stupid song about they're just singing about prostitutes. And yeah, I don't yeah. I don't understand who listens to this. Like it has 17 million streams. Like who's sitting down and like, oh, yeah, this is what I need to listen to today. <laughs> I couldn't tell you, man. <laughs> uh, next one. Blow my buzz. Uh, slow clap along beat, twisty bake bass and background vocals. Um, you know, got bizarre on this one. Another just awful verse. Uh, but Swift, really nice work here. Really rips it up. Uh, Kaniva and Con Artists have fun bits at the end, too. Uh, overall, uh, wasn't a huge fan of the beat. 
and then Bizarre really fucked it up in the beginning. <laughs> Meh. So this one, Eminem's verse on this one, I've heard remixed on like YouTube like oh, probably okay. half a dozen times. It was it's funny because I listened to it and I'd never heard the D12 song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the verse opens up with how many motherfuckers can say they brain dry rotted from pot. You got it like I got it or not. Uh, I think there's a remix called Monsters with like Eminem and two other rappers that they take this verse and it goes really hard on that remix. And Sick. then I've heard a couple other remixes too over the years. So okay, cool. I like Eminem's verse uh, better on the remixes than on this song. That reminds me. One of these tracks has a, a sample. Uh, let me pull it up here. We might have passed it already, but I, I did want to mention this. I should have wrote it down. One of these tracks has a sample from uh, Cashmere by Led Zeppelin. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm pulling it up right now. Hang on. The song is... <laughs> Fight Music. Oh, okay. I couldn't hear it. I listened like three times. I couldn't hear it. Unless the beat is like the sample. And they've just twisted it that much. Hmm. But, yeah, they're credited uh, with the sample for Cashmere. Pretty cool. Yeah, if you're going to sample it, I would make it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, a little more, like, prominent. on the nose. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Alrighty. Um Next one is Obi Trice. Uh, we talked about him a little bit, another guy on Shady Records. Um, <laughs> this is actually kind of a funny skit. I don't know. Um, the, the rap skit has more and more disappeared over the years and well i don't think all of these skits are great i think it's a funny bit as you listen through an album and i do enjoy this one uh it's this like like old guy just calls into a radio station and bitches about b12 d12 for like 30 seconds and then they cut straight from that into obi dropping a few lines it's a good bit yeah no that's kind of funny eminem's done the skits too like he used to always do those on his first oh dude albums. his his under the or marshall mathers lp1 is the skits are awesome. Same thing with uh, Snoop Dogg's Doggy World. Great skits. Anyways, uh, that leads into Devil's Night. Um, so for those who aren't listening from Michigan, uh, kind of like a night before Halloween tradition. And I think it definitely had more play back in the day than it does now. But it used to be a big thing where, like, uh, you know, kids would go out and basically just raise hell all around wherever they were. Um, you know, teepee houses, in, in a lighter extent, teepee houses, throw eggs and whatnot, um, to the extremes, maybe like set an abandoned building on fire or something like that. <laughs> um, anyways, that's where the title of the album comes from. That's the title of the song comes from. Um, heavy low beat with strings and drums. Um, guys dropping bars all over this first verse. Um, you know, they all kind of get into it later with their own bits. Shitty, bizarre verse here again. Um you know, hook is kind of simple, kind of hard, not that catchy. Not a big fan. Dude, I'd be so pissed if somebody TP'd my house. That would take forever to get down. <laughs> <laughs> it's never really crossed my mind. Like, that shit never happened where I grew up. Um, I don't think I've ever seen someone's house TP too, like, up close in, in person. But, oh, man, that would drive me crazy. Yeah, that'd be a big pain in the ass now that I think about it. Like, just trying to get that shit out of, like, a 30-foot tall tree or something. Fuck. <laughs> it's funny how you bring it up. I think we got agged once or twice maybe when I was really little, but I don't really remember that well. I feel like that's much more manageable, though, especially in October. May, like, if I got agged in July, I'd be a little bit more upset. Oh, but yeah, October, whatever. Yeah, but back to Devil's Night. Eminem and Swifty have good verses on this. Con Artist has a really bad verse. And, yeah, Bizarre, per usual. And then even Connivers was eh. So this song for me was just eh overall. Um. Yeah, nothing there. Leads into another skit, Steve Berman. Steve Berman was a kind of bigger, higher up at Interscope Records, which is somebody who worked with Shady Records, da da da, da. Um, And the whole bit here is Eminem walking into Steve Berman's office, and Steve Berman just rips him. And he does make a funny joke. He goes, "Who? who's this bizarre character? How the fuck are we going to put him on the radio, huh? Uh, <laughs> and Eminem's just like, well, I, I don't know what you're telling me, man. Like, we're doing good. Like, what's the problem? Uh, I know. I think it's a funny skit too. Uh, Steve Berman comes back in the next one, doesn't even funnier skit in my opinion. Um, but it's a good one here. Next track, Revelation. Uh, I do like this beat here. It's got this like long, loud guitar plucks with thick, busting drums. Um, you know, kind of higher energy, mid tempo. 
Connor's verse here kills. All the guys really bringing the energy on the mic. Eminem's verse kills. Um, you know, writings here here is good. Uh, the reference and the sample from Another Brick in the Wall by yeah. Pink Floyd is really cool. cool. Uh, I do really like this one. Yeah, this is a standout to me for sure. They're actually, you know, rapping about, like, they're essentially Substance. rapping about, like, their childhood and, yeah. and kind of, like, what kind of shaped them yeah. to become what yeah, they yeah. are today. And, uh, yeah, a lot of the guys, you know, put forth really good efforts here in their lyrics and talked about, like, troubles in school and, and family and everything. And it's, uh, I wish they had more songs like this in their catalog. Totally agree. I think there's one more like this on the next album that I really enjoyed, too. Um, all righty. Next one. Girls, the one I've been waiting to talk about all week. <laughs> Let's just do the the first bit right off the bat here. This is a Fred Durst diss track. Yep. Uh, it's a longer song, too. It's really just Eminem just getting everything off his chest. Um, at some point, Eminem and out, not Outkast. Uh, Everlast. Everlast get into a, a beef, right? And so Eminem and Fred Durst had worked on a song before. They had made a song before. Um Everlast starts talking shit, so Eminem asks Fred Durst to come back and do a diss track against Everlast. Fred Durst never shows up for the recording. He goes on MTV and pretty much calls Eminem a pussy on MTV, <laughs> and Eminem lost his fucking mind on this track in response to that. Uh, just uh, some of the lines are so <laughs> like so biting, um, but he's he's super real with it too. His whole bit for the first half of the song is like, hey, listen, if you don't want to get wrapped in my in my beefs, stay out of it. We're cool. You don't got to be in my business. But since you went on MTV and said that shit, now I'm going to rip you to shreds. Um, you know, aside from that, it is kind of a catchy track, a little bit softer, but uh, still definitely uh, for me, a must listen. Yeah, no, it's kind of funny when you know the context, too. And what's funny is this is the second week, like totally coincidental with given I chose bring me the horizon and you chose D12 <laughs> where Fred Durst has bailed out on a recording session with someone. <laughs> Hence the shithead artist of the week segment coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> we, I, I literally the I text you about it, but then the next night I literally Googled Fred Durst shithead and found like six great stories. <laughs> oh yeah. What was the best one? Uh, I did like the one I sent you about Van Halen. That made me laugh. Um, that was a funny one. There was another one where, he sh he was at or Limp Bizkit got back together briefly last or maybe two years ago now. Twenty twenty one. Yeah, and they were supposed to do a sh or they did a show in Louisville. They showed up. They were like the headliner. They showed up hella late, um, and before them it was like Disturbed and somebody else had performed. Fred Durst gets up on stage and just starts talking about Disturbed and this other band like just nonsense. He's like, "Yeah, I'm really excited to see these guys play," as if they hadn't played before him. Oh, really? And then they only did like six songs over the course of an hour, and they just went. What else went were they home. doing? Literally just talking. Oh, just dude, like that's rambling. Terrible. Yeah, Fred Durst, what a dickhead. Uh, the Van Halen one, real quick. That was pretty funny too. Just thirty thirty <laughs> seconds version of the story is basically, uh, he went to record with Limp Biscuit. He left his. They were they started smoking marijuana. He didn't like that. He left his guitar and amps there. Asked for it back, didn't hear a response from Fred Durst or whatever. So he goes over to his house, puts a gun to his head, and says, give me my shit back. He showed up GTA style in a fucking van and a ski mask with a cigarette hanging out of his <laughs> mouth, threatening to shoot Fred Durst over amps and a couple of guitars. <laughs> Wild. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Fred Durst, fuck you. Next one. Uh, two tracks left here. First one, Freestyle. This is... A really good one. I would be shocked if you don't like this. I think this is a great track. Oh, dude, they might not have had this on Spotify. Let me pull this up real quick. Yeah, there was a few different versions of this album, so if this wasn't in there, I'd get it. Okay, well, you, you, you can go ahead. Anyways, uh, funky, kind of up-tempo beat. Con Artist and M both absolutely crushed this track. It's high energy. It's pissed off, uh, but it's still kind of fun. Um, you know, this is one of those songs you just flip on while you're driving. It really gets you in a good mood, just kind of head bumping a little bit. Uh, I really like this track. Yeah, I'll have um, to check this one out. I did not have it. Yeah, and then the only other one I had was Words as Weapons. Um, quieter, slow piano beat, heavy buzz and percussion uh, add-on as they move along. Not one of my favorites, and I think it's a bad closer. Um, wouldn't go back to that one. So yours ended at Girls? Because yeah. I, looked, I looked at this. This was like the the not deluxe edition for me but then those two tracks must have been part of another the other deluxe edition 
Because on the deluxe edition, for me, there were like three more tracks. Yeah, so I was on the regular one and it ended at Girls. Huh. Yeah. I don't uh, know. That's just the problem we're having. <laughs> All righty. Um, yeah, overall, a few hits. Oh, not a great album. No. Um, I think it gets a little bit better, though, here. D12 World, 2004? 2004, 2005. 2004. Yeah. 2004. I, I think there's there's a lot more redeemable songs on this album, for sure. And this one sold half a million records in the first week in the United States, which is kind of crazy. You know what's crazy for this one, too, right? So they record this album, and then Eminem pretty much gets right into recording Curtain's Calls, I think. Um, Curtain's Call or Curtain Calls. Or was it Curtain Call or Eminem Show? One of them. Yeah. And D12 goes on tour without him. Oh, really? Yeah. They toured this whole this whole tour without Eminem. That's you know, maybe he showed up here and there. I don't know. But, like, wild choice. Yeah, you should probably just wait for Eminem. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, you know, even if that means you have to wait for Curtain Call or Eminem show to come out, so be it. Because um, imagine, like, you got Eminem, but also, like, D12's there, and they're going to do both? Hell yeah. What a show. D12 without Eminem? Hmm. Not great. <laughs> Anyways, opens up. Uh, get Up. Um, not a bad track here. Kind of simple, understated beat. Guitar, bass, and hip-hoppy drums. Um, you know, M's kind of, like, singing along with the bass line on this one um up tempo flow for the most part kind of a heavy hitter banger um i don't know it's not bad it's not good oh see i kind of like this one i thought this was one of the best ones in terms of like supporting cast outside of eminem coming with decent verses yeah i i agree with that I, I think it's uh for me it's everyone's rhyming a little bit faster and with a little bit more intensity and i think like doing that as opposed to some of like the cracking joke kind of style of rapping it kind of worked better for them yeah, I can get down with that. That makes sense. It's, and I know we've, we've kind of talked about it without directly saying it, but it's it's really clear hearing of this. Like, you can hear Eminem's, like, raw talent, like, his yeah. his flow, like, yeah. his lyricism, like, yeah. just everything. You're like, oh, wow, like, this guy's, you can tell, you're like, this guy's different. Like, there's something special about this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think when you listen to Slim Shady LP and Marshmallow's LP1, it still feels like it's not the finished product yet where I think like curtain call, I think Eminem show, I think parts of Marshall Mathers LP one are really his prime. Um, but I think he's in the middle of his prime through this album is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I don't know. Marshall Mathers LP has some really good stuff, really good stuff. There's some other stuff on that. out. Like there's a song called Kim where it's, yeah, a, it's like yeah. a borderline screamo track, um, you know, under the influence, not a great song. I think Eminem shows probably that's, easily my favorite eminem album yeah i'd have to go back and do a little more digging but yeah i really liked um recovery too i thought he yeah did, yeah he was really good on that album a couple too. good tracks on relapse yeah for sure yeah. um anyways uh get up opens the album next one loyalty featuring obi trice um this beat rocks this might be their best beat in their whole catalog uh bump and drum and buzzy high tune keyboard for this got that hard fuck em up vibe to it uh you know, this is maybe one of the only ones where I kind of like Bizarre's verse. He's a little more up-tempo, kind of in the flow a little bit here. <laughs> uh, but they're all just bringing the heat on this one. Really good work. Those are words you will never, never, blah, 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 blah. try that again. Those are <laughs> words you will never hear me hey, say. <laughs> Holy shit. I don't know what's gotten uh, into me. He's got two verses throughout both of these albums that I like. This is one of them. Gotcha. Yeah, this song about being loyal, obviously. Eminem actually produced this one, too. He produced most of this album. It was him and uh, somebody else. They got, I don't remember which track it was, but Dr. Dre did a track, and then I think Kanye did a track, too. Yeah, I'll pull it up here. Um, just hang on for a second. D12 World. Um, yeah, so Eminem and Resto, this guy Resto, produced most of the album. Kanye produces D12 World, and Dr. Dre produced American Psycho 2. Oh, nice. Um but even con artists got a couple tracks. Um, yeah, so con artists after D12 ends, he kind of sticks around under the name I think Mr. Mr. Porter, Porter as a producer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but he gets a couple. He gets a couple uh, producing credits here. Cool. Um, but yeah, loyalty, really good song. Next one. Sorry. Next Just go ahead. Oh. <laughs> I was gonna say I wanted to. I wanted to intro this one because I think this might be the worst song we've ever done on the podcast just like you yeah this is bad this is really bad it just it it's really tough and they don't do this often but it's really tough when bizarre opens the track um he ruins it completely it doesn't get any better after his first verse 
Yeah. Uh, I think the whole song is bizarre. Yeah, it's got this slow, bumping, clap-along beat, you know, piano mixed with, like, a children's chorus on the hook. Yeah, it's it's terrible. They have the songs, like, I want to be just like you when I grew up, and they have, like, kids singing part of the chorus, and the Bizarre's just saying all this stupid stuff, like... Yeah, raising the kid to be a total shit. I'm not even going to give him the credit of reading the lyrics, because they're so heinous and so stupid. really fucked up. Really bad. Next one, I'll Be Damned. Um, I don't know, I kind of like this one, too. Bumpy, fun beat here. Uh, yeah, the, beats, keyboard, the beats solid. Yeah, keyboard and bass mixed with synth drums, claps, um, smooth, energetic verses. Uh, the flows are all like in the perfect cadence for this beat for the most part. Um, another just really fun riding a lot, riding around song. Swifty had a line that made me laugh out loud. He said, "All these hoes be lying, bullshitting each other, and why the hell Kobe Bryant didn't wear rubber? Yeah. He might as well <laughs> have went and told that hoe that he loved her." <laughs> <laughs> Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. Big Kobe Bryant. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, you make that point, dude. I, this one I'm saying. I think Swift is one of the more clever, not one of. He's maybe the next the next most clever behind Eminem on this whole group. Yeah, I don't hate that. Yeah. Um, all right. That leads into a skit titled Dude. Um this leads into the next track, My Band. Um, this whole bit is basically D12s in, like, the the back of a, a venue getting ready for a concert. Um, Eminem's, like, getting a massage or something, and they're all trying to get into the dressing room. And, like, the security won't even let them, let them into the dressing room. Um, the whole bit here is, that, like, Eminem's, like, the whole band, and the other guys are just bums, um, which is, <laughs> which the, is the theme of the next track, My Band. Which is also kind of true. None of these guys outside of Eminem had a career afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, in, you're not in r- rapping. You're not wrong. Um, but it is funny, like, in, in real time to, like, have this joke, and then that's actually the case. Kind of funny. Um, True. It, my band, tongue-in-cheek track about Eminem as a superstar. Um, you know, corny hook, but it's catchy as hell. And Eminem's uh, doing one of those, like, yeah, he's voices. Doing, wah, 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 wah. Um you know, I, I like there's a, a beat with Bizarre and I think it's Con Artist or the, the verse with Bizarre and Con Artist where they're like uh, kind of arguing with each other about like how to approach Eminem about this like back and forth with the band. Um, this is a good one. Yeah, the, the beat on this is really catchy. And this is just kind of like a fun. You definitely get like that early Slim Shady. Yeah. Early Eminem type of vibe from this track. Yeah, for sure. Um, If you want to intro the next one, just give me a second here. Sure. The next one is You're the One, which this is another one where I just have the note of, like, who sits down and listens to this? Like, it was just, I, I did not like this track at all. Yeah, the beat's not bad. Um, you know, low, bumpy R&B beat with, like, a funky bass line. Yeah, not a big fan of this one overall, but if you just kind of had this one on the background, like, I wouldn't turn my head at all. Yeah, I think the my problem is because I have to dive into the lyrics – yeah, that's why I hate a lot of the a lot of the stuff. <coughs> yep, I hear you. Um, but the next one I think is much better. Six in the morning. Um, Eminem kills this hook. I mean, it rocks. He's he's just got that this clever kind of odd cadence to it. Um, like, come on, giddy up, let's go type deal. Um, got a harder sound to it, but it's more of a determined thing than it is like an angry thing. Um, Swift and Caniva kill their verses on this one. I think this is a great deep cut from their catalog here. I think this is one of Caniva's best verses throughout. Yeah, the totally whole agree. Because I walk with a limp, pistol hanging off the hip. I'm awkward and quick enough, and sick when sparking a fifth. Your carcass is split, even if beef is beef is partially thick. We can't take you seriously, you a comedy skit. But uh, this track is a diss to Benzino. Go on. And the Source magazine, which I got, I don't know what the the backstory is, but uh, like Toy Soldiers is also about Benzino. Yeah. Um, and I think he has, he might have another song too. I don't remember the origin of the beef, but Eminem definitely won. Huh. All right. I like it. Um, and again, those songs where he's beef, like seriously beefing, not just like half, you know, funny beefing, are always good tracks no matter what. Um, you heard the one where he beefs with your boy MGK? Yeah, I actually it's think... It's a newer one. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he did two. Oh, he did two? I think... Oh, you know what? You're right. I think he did He did one. Then MGK did one. Yeah, MGK and then, did rap. 
devil. Yeah, and then he came back with like kill shot or yeah, something. Yeah, kill shot was good. Yeah, kill shot. Fox. Whatever the first one was, it was just all right. But kill shot is really good. Yeah, he crushes him. And on in, that one. I think rap devil is the best that someone has come after Eminem. I mean, usually like yeah, guys like maybe. Be- guys like Benzino and yeah, whatever. Like, yeah, You're getting crushed. And then uh, who was the other? There's another one. I don't remember, but yeah. usually, usually the guys are like trash. MGK is yeah. <laughs> a legit rapper, so his was decent too. Was he? A, yeah, I don't want to get into MGK. We'll talk about that another time. Yeah. Alrighty. Um, next track. How come? I don't know what they're doing here. This is such a lame song. Uh, <laughs> I kind of like this one. It's angrier. You know, I, I this should kind of be up my alley. I just. I don't like the repetition of the hook so many times here. M's on the hook just saying, how come? Um, and then we'll drop lines, and that'll be the, the chorus, too. Um, simple piano mixed with, like, heavy simple drums, kind of in this low, tense feel. Um, you know, flow on these verses really fit the beat well, um, and I think the storytelling is good. I just, I don't know. They're, they're like, my note here is actually that I like this one, but now as I'm, like, thinking about it to myself right now, like I, it's definitely, like, a, a spotty maybe maybe not track for me yeah i mean i'm not gonna go out of my way to listen to it but in like context of the album they're all kind of rapping about like internal strife that they have with one another and i think i just like it because it's it's real yeah i hear you uh this is another eminem verse that gets used on remixes too oh really yeah yeah i gotcha and I also think Proof has one of his best verses throughout their whole catalog in this song, too. I'll be honest. He he just completely flies under the radar for, like, 75% of this catalog. Yeah, they always put him in on, like, the fourth or fifth spot. Yeah. And it's always, like, underwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> Next one, Leave That Boy Alone. Um, I don't like the character Eminem's doing here. He, he's got the hook again, and he's he's got this, like, southern, like, kind of drawly accent yeah, little, to it. a little country twang. Leave that boy alone. Da, 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 da. It's, ugh, I'm not a fan. That was uh, my note. This is probably his worst D12 chorus. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, simple beat, synth drums, and, like, this odd xylophone lick. Um, Swift has a really nice verse here, but the rest is, blah. Yeah, this song is trash. Next one, Get My Gun. Um, kind of a comedy track here again. Um, whole bit about shooting at, like, haters or, like, you know, whatever. Um, upbeat, up-tempo kind of drum beat mixed with quiet keyboard hits. Um, verses in the chorus are all kind of in different speeds. Um, then there's, like, bits of skits throughout that they, like, stop and do a little, like, 10-second skit and then get back into it. And That part's fun. Um, overall, though, not, not great. I think Bizarre might have the worst, or not the worst, but one of the dumbest verses I've ever heard. You just <laughs> you tell me when you've heard enough. <laughs> well, walk to Rite Aid for a can of spaghetti. It's been one hour. Bitch, my photos ain't ready. Pictures of my dog and my family reunion. It's been two hours and my fucking day's ruined. <laughs> All right. Hey. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, and he's doing it, like, at that pace, too. Yeah, it is. that's about the right, right <laughs> speed for that. Um, oh, hey, that reminds me, uh, speaking of bizarre, we we got another bizarre skit. Um, is this one is just bizarre, kind of like hanging out with the fellas, telling jokes, freestyling a little bit, nothing special. Nope. Leads into bitch, uh, a truly awful track. One or the other that'll be on the worst of 2024 list. Beats ass versus or ass. Everything feels disjointed here. Um, Swift again. If anything, saves the track a little bit. Um, just horrible. Uh, I think I think this is bizarre in the third verse. I didn't put down who it was, but he he raps. I said fuck the hoes and started eating cheesecake, scrambled eggs and steak, strawberries and grapes. Damn, that sounds great. Hold on, wait. He's just singing about being hungry in the middle of the song. <laughs> So I'm saying, man, like, yeah. what the fuck are we doing with this guy? Like, who? I just want to know, like, in the process when they're all like coming up and in the recording, they're on the mic and like they hear him come up, like, yeah. Like, you you think one of like Kaniva goes up to Eminem and he's like, yo, like you got to talk to Bizarre. <laughs> I no, dude. Seriously, I think this guy got in. They were like, yo, this this fucking guy is so insane that we have to have him on just to hear like if if, if there's any like diamonds in the rough, we have to get them. Because I, I would bet you he's like a funny hang, not funny on the mic at all, 
but like a funny guy to hang out with. And they were like, yo, come on, let's just get this guy on here and see what see what he does. It's crazy that there was producers in the 60s. I can't remember the guy's name that turned down both Jimi Hendrix and Led Zeppelin. And then this guy got a spot. Or it was Jimi Hendrix in the, in the Beatles. The Beatles, and yeah. And then this guy get like, he's allowed to go on the mic. <laughs> with Eminem. <laughs> it's just uh, baffling. Yeah, I hear you. Um, the next skit, Steve's Coffee House, another Steve Berman sketch. Um, this one's funny. It starts, it's it's Steve Berman doing a performance in a coffee house, just like with acoustic guitar. He starts off singing Kumbaya, and he's like, hey, I got a request. Hang on. And with the same, like, little riff that he's playing, he starts singing Purple Pills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of funny. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, and that's the whole skit. It's it just, it's a funny listen. Uh, that's a good bit. <laughs> yeah. All right, next one. This is the Kanye track, D12 World. Uh, did I skip it? No. Where did I go? Hang on. There we go. Um, yeah, this beat, kind of fire. It's not like fire, fire. It's kind of fire. Um, bumping drums and caps or claps with like strings kind of smoothly over top. Um, Swift and con artists lay down some great verses. Um, you could kind of tell Kanye was cooking on this one. He drops in all sorts of special effects as the song goes along. Yeah, Kanye like, is a producer. And, I mean, and a rapper. Is yeah. Fire. Yeah, no doubt. Um you know, th- this is a young Kanye, too, again, 2003, 2004, whenever this uh, was recorded. Um, I think he maybe had, like, one project out, maybe. I think. He might not have even had anything out. No, I think he did. Yeah, because you ever heard the story about uh, Kanye going uh, behind the scenes for Dave Chappelle's show? Kind of the same thing. Oh, no, I haven't heard that story. That's a funny story. You'll just have to look it up. I can't, I can't tell it from memory, but. Okay, so. 2004 would have been the college dropout yeah so like first album yeah um so yeah you know dr Dre. i would imagine this is dr dre being like hey this guy kind of fucks let's bring him in and see what he's got uh great beat good work on the on the the key or like behind the good work in the studio jeez my brain isn't working either today um but yeah good track here totally listen with it yeah well i pulled up kanye's discography real quick I'm sure we'll do him at some point. I think he's got one of the best, if not the best, six album runs of all time for rap. Hmm. <laughs> but we'll save that for another day. Another day. Anything for D12 World? Uh, yeah, this song is supposed to be about how the band is not just Eminem. How they all yeah, are same kind of thing, yeah, right? So, but it, it, I didn't really care for it. So gotcha. Sorry for me. Alrighty. Next one, Forty Ounce. Um, this feels like it'd be a sick party song in 2005. But doesn't work at all in 2024. Nope. Um, it, it, I kind of like this beat, too, though. Um, obfuscated keyboard with loud claps, kind of in this mid-tempo. Um, Eminem lays down a bad verse here. Not very good. Uh, but the hook is very catchy. The rest of the guys are okay. It's not not for me. Yeah. And Eminem was sentenced to two years probation for pistol whipping some uh, bouncer at a nightclub. Uh, who was making out with his ex-wife, allegedly. Is that, like, part of this song? I mean, the song's about whenever they go to the club, they get yeah, fucked up they and start do, fucking with yeah, everyone. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. Kind of. Not really, but... Yeah, yeah, I don't. I didn't know where else I was going to slip that in. <laughs> Alrighty, fun facts with Joey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next track's another skit, commercial break. Um nothing crazy here you just get a few bars from this guy named young z that's really it yeah uh next one american psycho 2 this is the dr dre track um featuring b real yes reels on the hook here and he's awesome for this hook um whereas american psycho 1 didn't really meet the mark i think this one absolutely like lives up to its title yeah usually this the sequel is not as good as the first one but this, so much this one is better for sure be real's got that crazy kind of like wild sound to him on on the hook here um and it's just great verses are low intense all of them uh good pace over like a mid-tune bass line hits of strings and muffled drums throughout great gym track uh, i really like this one too yeah swift and Kaniva both have really good verses bizarre's is stupid he, yeah. he actually opens with his first line in the verse is, they found Saddam, but they ain't going to find me, which is actually kind of clever. Yeah. And then the rest of it is just, I won't even read it. so stupid. <laughs> uh, and then Eminem, he has a line in his verse where he's rapping about being up for six days straight. This this is when he was, like, coming off of Vicodin. And uh, 
I guess he said he was up for 24 hours a day for three weeks straight when he first came off Vicodin. Oh, when he came off Vicodin. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. That's like, that's an exaggeration, clearly, but. I mean, according to, I mean, dude, did you read, uh, like, ever how many of those things he was popping? Like, No. I think, it, I don't know an exact number, but it was, like, enough to kill, like, a small village. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and he was popping that, like, Just everywhere. drugs everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, American Psycho 2, way better than the first one. Good track. Give it a listen. Uh, another skit, Bugs 97. Um, this kind of leads into the next one, which is more powerful. Um, this mm-hmm. is like an old recording of Bugs just, you know, dropping a few bars. Um, and it's a bit of an homage that leads into the next track, the final track, Good Die Young, um, which is kind of a softer, sweeter song all about, like, friends and family who've died, like, you know, growing up in shit situations. Um, and a lot about bugs throughout as well even uh, this is the other one where i think bizarre actually drops a decent verse yeah i think this is one of the only songs where all six guys have great verses yeah they really killed this one it's uh, one of only maybe two or three tracks that they actually sing about something substantive um yeah and it hits with a bang loud whooshy drums with like guitar notes um you know kind of in this mid slow tempo um like you said the verses are all powerful and and really well written I think it's Proof's best verse, too. Yeah, I told. I mean, yeah. Bizarre and Proof both hit the mark hard here. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so that wraps up D12 World. There's a bonus edition with a couple more tracks on this one. but. Um, yeah, they had uh, Keep Talking, which was another diss track aimed at Ja Rule and Benzino. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Ja Rule. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is something else I want to talk about. These guys got one track on the 8 Mile soundtrack, too. Um, rap Game. Uh, which is all about just like how how tough it is like coming up in in hip hop at this time and whatnot, um, and Fifty Cent does the hook on that, which is cool. There's some good tracks off that Eight Mile soundtrack. Yeah, man, they do. Uh, uh, Obviously, lose yourself, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Rabbit Run is really Rabbit good. Rabbit Run, that's what I was looking for. Yep. There's another one I have saved. I don't remember the name, but is that's pretty good too. Fun movie. Like obviously, it's 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 fictional, but kind of like uh like half fiction, half real. Yeah. Um, like funny movie, good like Eminem's a good actor in the movie, even though he's playing himself. Like, there's some other like fun characters throughout. You know, it, it's not Oscar nominated, but definitely worth a watch if you haven't seen it. Yeah, definitely a good movie. Yeah. Alrighty, um, so that wraps up D12. Overall, yeah, a little disappointing. Um, was hoping for more, but I think there's some gems sprinkled in. Few and far between, but yeah. Sure. Eminem does a song in 2018 too, "Stepping Stone" off a of Kamikaze, where he kind of sings about the band breaking up. Yeah, they they I think tried to get back together a couple times throughout the years, you know, and it just never really materialized. Well, I think they ended up releasing a mixtape in the mid to late 2000s. Wasn't it without Eminem though? Yeah, but yeah. it wasn't like it wasn't on Spotify. Or yeah, I couldn't find it either. It just never worked out for these guys. Like you said, they never really had strong rapping careers after this closed out except for eminem who continued to kill it for the next 10 at least 10 years i have an opinion about eminem being nickelbacked but i think i i almost want to save it for that episode you should yeah uh you know what's funny is i i tried to look up some of these guys on spotify bizarre was the one that actually had the biggest catalog outside of eminem okay i didn't listen to any of it but (laughs) i was like (laughs) just again thinking to myself i'm like who sits down and listens (laughs) listens to to bizarre (laughs) that's fucking wild dude yeah all righty uh Encore's album songs. Uh, sure. I I think albums is pretty cotton day. It's D12 World number one, Devil's Night number two. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, top ten songs, ten to one. Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna go American Psycho one, Good Die Young, American Psycho two, How Come, Girls Get Up, Revelation, My Band, White Music, and Purple Pills. Yeah, I like that. Uh, we have a lot of the same songs here. Ten to one for me. D12 World. Pistol Pistol. Ain't nothing but music. American Psycho 2. Freestyle. Loyalty. Purple Pills. Fight Music. Good Die Young. And My Band. Um, I almost didn't. I almost came to this with five songs. Just oh, brother. Out of disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> 
I kind of thought you were going to – I was thinking about that, like, for both of the albums. Like, he's going to give me six songs when we get to this. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, encore for me. Open it up – or I guess uh, concert set list. Open it up with Pistol Pistol. Again, just gets the people going. Um, then right into the encore, start with fight music. Uh, same kind of thing as Pistol Pistol. Purple Pills in the middle, lightens the mood a little bit. You get the hit out. Uh, good track. And then close it out with D12 World. I like that. I had the same thing, but I swapped uh, fight music with Pistol Pistol. Ah, okay, gotcha. So open the concert with fight music and then open the encore with Pistol Pistol. 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 Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Then what else you got? Oh, you got Purple Pills and D12 World? Oh, and then um, my band in Purple Pills. Okay, yeah. yeah, I fuck with that too. Yeah. Alrighty, uh, like we said, not our favorite artist, not a great episode, but you know, <laughs> we did it. Here we are. Um, alrighty, next week, are we doing the the grab bag next week? Or are we doing no pretty, re- pretty reckless next week? Oh, we can flip it if you want, but I, I don't care either way. I just I lost track. No, let's do pretty reckless, and then you and I will have to coordinate what we want to do for the grab bag. Okay, yeah, that sounds good. Um, alright, guys, follow us on Apple Spotify or yeah, Apple and Spotify, um, TikTok. Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Flip the Record. Um, like, review, subscribe. Thanks for listening. Catch you on the next one. Man, I was fumbling all over myself today. Yeah. It's on me, bro. Tuesday recording. It's Monday. And you've seen the memes all season where it's like uh, the Pistons sacrifice so the Lions could win. And then the one. Like, when the Lions lose the biggest game of the season, the Pistons get a blowout win against a top-four team. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's wild, man. Uh, I think today is the first day. Like, yesterday I wasn't having fun joking about it, and I didn't really want to talk about it at all. Today is the first day where I'm like, all right, I'm settled a little bit. I'm still angry, but I'm, like, settled. Yeah, I'm going to push us all to the back. So I've got a couple things we could get into if you want. Right. One, I feel partially, if not fully, responsible for this <laughs> loss. Oh, no. I was going through the – because I'm a Packers and a Lions fan. I know it's weird. It's I don't have – I'm not going to get into that. But in the last 10 years, I've lost five NFC championships. Yeah. Yeah. Four with the Packers, two of those being the Niners, one the Seahawks, one the Falcons, and then yeah. this one with the Lions. I So either I'm responsible – or Aaron Rodgers <laughs> sold his soul to the devil to get that first Super Bowl when he was super young. And somehow the devil convinced him to screw all NFC North teams. Oh, dude. Yeah, that the, some of the things you were texting me about, be it, like going through this over and over and over, is just down like downright dastardly, man. Like, I thought being a Michigan fan was bad for a while. But holy shit. Five. Five since your last Super Bowl win. But I, I do think I, – I still don't know. I, I'm still stuck between this one and the Packers lost the Seahawks, I think they're both the worst loss in different respects. Yeah. In cause the Packers one, I went back and I actually, I, I noted down a couple plays. Yeah. I, we don't have to get into it, but they just had like five or six plays. where were just like incredibly unlucky. Yeah. Whereas the lions had a mix of like drop passes, lucky plays. I would for say the, the only unlucky thing that happened was the IU catch. Right. That was really the only unlucky, like the Gibbs fumble. Correct. Yeah, I guess. I guess because he, I think he only had one fumble on the season before that. Um, but I don't, I don't count that as lucky so much as it is just like, what the fuck, dude? Like everybody on that team, on that offense, except for Goff, just kind of lost their mind for seventeen, eighteen minutes of that second half. Yeah, Goff played, Goff played fine even in the second half. Yeah, it's he not didn't his even fault. have any bad. Th- he it's didn't not even his have fault that Josh throws. Reynolds dropped two balls, J-Mo dropped a ball, Gibbs Amon dropped Ra a ball, Amonra dropped a ball. You know, the 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 only bad play that I can think of is the fourth down and where they he threw it to Amonra and it just never got there. And that wasn't even on him. The pressure was there instantly. Yeah, this is what it is. You know, it's tough break, but dude, there there was I think I counted six or seven plays from the second half of that game where if any one of those goes different, the Lions probably probably win. The game. win. Yeah. Yeah, which that that is what makes it worse. And then I was talking to someone at work and they were like, yeah, and I totally forgotten about this one. But the punt where Fox punts it like 70 yards and onto the one yard line and then bounces up and the yeah. Lions player steps yeah. into the end zone while he's grabbing the ball. And it's like, well, and the uh, that hurts, too, because it's like the ball was hanging and hanging and hanging and they couldn't fucking 
figure it out where the ball was. And then all of a sudden, they're in the back of the end zone. Fucking, I don't even know, man. I don't have words for it. It's, it's stupid. Yeah. They, they lost their minds. It's, uh, they had that game. It's kind of the mark of a young team, to be honest with you. That's what we are. We're a young team. The young guys lost their way. It is, you know, <sighs> shit happens, I guess. But my, I, I've, I've, I've come around to the point now today. Today was the first, again, first day I've made a turning point where I've looked at it and said, we have the core of this team coming back next year. And we have a lot of free age or like a salary cap to play around with because a lot of like, um, you know, role players are leaving or free agents, whatever. We have a lot of free agency salary cap that we can go make this team a lot better in free agency, whether or not that's free agency or trades. You know, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't turn down an opportunity to trade picks to get a guy like Pat Sertan, get a guy like J.C. Horn, Christian Gonzalez, uh, some big-name cornerback just to come here and, like, really sharpen up that defense so we don't have to see CJGJ and or Cam Sutton next year. See, I, I'm so much more pessimistic. I've, I've, I've suffered too many NFC Championship losses in the last couple years. To, to, for me, it's like they were there, they had it. They had a 17-point lead, and they blew it, and it's like you're not going to get back. You're just not. You have a good young team, but when's the next time you're going to get two fraudulent-ass teams in the Bucks and the Eagles? They're the four and the five seed. The seven seed knocked out the two seed in Dallas, and it's – I don't know. I guess my, my my further point then is, like, get the one seed. Can, can you go 14-3 and three next year? Yeah. Yeah, my whole thing is just that was the opportunity. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm – I'm just saying it's this year that we missed and next year that are our best two chances to win a Super Bowl because then after that, all the young guys and Goff's contract come up and it's time to pay the piper. Yeah, true. After that, it's going to be a hell of a lot harder to be so good with this team, especially considering we have the 29th pick in the draft this year and presumably we'll have a 20s to 30s pick next year. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's going to be tougher following next season to keep this – squad rolling but you know brad holmes has done a great job uh i expect him to continue doing a great job not quite to the level he's done considering these draft picks will be higher but uh, you know just keep the train rolling you know they picked the branch and 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 laporta and all these guys late first round early second round so keep identifying uh quality like impact guys and see what happens yeah <sighs> all right all right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Flip the Record. <laughs> oh, What's going on, man. Joe? Uh, yeah. Um, what are we? I don't even know. I. It's not I, even worth saying. It, it's more of a fun guessing game at this point. Yeah, I messed up the number a week or two ago. So we're in the mid-40s. I think mid-40s. it's 45. 44. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> it's one of those two. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, 